around 34% of hospital nurses and nursing home nurses also feel the same thing. They feel this sense of burnout. And so we forget to take a moment to just pause and kind of look up, you know, be aware of the people that are around us and say, yeah, there's some really positive encounters that I have with the people that I work with. And how can this really not only help me, but help us to work together? And so how can we find joy in the workplace? Welcome to Well Developed, a podcast where we explore how to bridge the gap between well-being and professional development. My name is Erin Herrera. I'm the Associate Vice Chair of Well-Being in the Department of Anesthesiology at Washington University in St. Louis. I'm Rachel Moquin. I'm an Assistant Professor and Director of Learning and Development in the Department of Anesthesiology at Washington University in St. Louis. And Erin and I um, started this podcast because we believe that it is difficult to learn well or perform well when you are not well. So in this podcast series, we'll be bringing in experts and sharing our knowledge and experience on these important topics. We hope to provide space to validate, normalize, and explore the ways in which we bring our whole selves to work. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Well Developed. Um, Today, we are really excited to talk about mattering and meaning at work. What is mattering and why does it matter? I've been wanting to say that uh, for (laughs) for a long time. Uh, So that's my my funny joke for the day. Uh, We're really excited to have uh, Dr. Nicole Deffenbaugh with us today from the University of Health Sciences and Pharmacy, um, who's going to talk to us about um, mattering. She's presented on this topic uh, many times before. I'm going to go ahead and toss it to her to tell us a little bit more about herself. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Like I was introduced, I'm Dr. Nicole Deffenbaugh. I am a communication specialist uh, with a PhD in health communication, and I have worked with clinicians and staff members in healthcare for about eight and a half years while I actually worked at two different university healthcare systems. And uh, like Rachel said, now I work at the University of Health Sciences and Pharmacy here in St. Louis. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Great. We are excited to dive into the topic. So why don't we just kick it off to you to kind of give us the, what's your elevator pitch about, about mattering at work? Like, where should, we, where should we dive in? Well, the first place I usually dive in is with an activity. So I thought that would be a great way to get everybody sort of centered in, right? Because we're all running. You might be driving while you're listening to this. So I ask everyone to close their eyes unless you're driving. Don't do that. <laughs> but just take a moment. Take a deep breath and picture a positive encounter that you've had with a colleague. So it could be somebody uh, the other day that said something, you know, positive to you. It could be somebody that you look forward to seeing at work. And the question is, when you think of this person and you picture this positive encounter, how does it make you feel? Take a moment just to check in. Does it make you, give you a sense of warmth? Does it make you feel happy? Does it bring a sense of calm or perhaps excitedness? How does it make you feel to be interacting with this individual? And so now that we've had this moment of happiness, gratitude perhaps, I usually pause and, you know, I'll say to the people that I I work with and educate, so how did that feel? And so I'm going to toss it back to the two of you. What was that like? I had a big smile on my face. Uh, (laughs) Definitely like thinking of, the person that came to mind, um, like a person I'm excited to see when I when I come to 
Yeah, same. It's fun to even start like to think about there's so many people that I've interacted with recently that I'm super grateful um, to be to be around and in my life. Like for me, the word when you said to summarize that, I the word that came to mind was validated because um, I'm super yeah. thankful for the people in my life that I use as a sounding board and a confidant and um, that I'm able to talk to sometimes with no filter, um, but just to feel really validated in how I'm feeling at work and, you know, able to freely express my emotions and my thoughts and my concerns with them. Nice. I, I like to start with that because when I say to people, what's it like to go to work? Sometimes I get this like big exhale or dread or I'm stressed, mm-hmm. right? But when I say, think of a positive encounter you've had with someone at work, we sort of forget because it's this hustle and bustle and we're focused on all the things that we have to do. And I really think this is part of the quadruple aim, right? So the the triple aim is the idea that we're trying to work for being more efficient with our finances and being more efficient with patient care. But the quadruple aim acknowledges that we also need to focus on our health and well-being as well. And one of the places that we forget is at work. Work can really be a great place that we can matter and we can make those connections. Um, the Annals of Family Medicine was pointing out that 68% of front desk staff experience verbal abuse from patients and feel that physicians don't appreciate them. Um, 34% of hospital nurses and nursing home nurses also feel the same thing. They feel this sense of burnout. And so we forget to take a moment to just pause and kind of look up, you know, be aware of the people that are around us and say, yeah, there's some really positive encounters that I have with the people that I work with. And how can this really not only help me, but help us to work together. And so how can we find joy in the workplace? And that's the title of the session that I usually mm-hmm. teach. I don't call it burnout. I actually call it joy in the workplace. That's great. I love that. I love like shifting the mindset. That's that's a big thing I like to talk about is always, you know, reframing conversations into the positive. So yeah, I feel like burnout has become one of those words that like, oh, there's like wellness, burnout, like here we go. But I think shifting to joy, like immediately you feel lighter. Oh, I do want more joy at work. Like let's <laughs> let's figure out how to do that. Exactly. Yep. And so that's that's what I've been doing. And so I go and I, I teach this session. I've done it with neurologists, um, residents in psychiatry, family medicine. Um, and my favorite is doing it with staff. So I was at a clinic uh, at a practice in Pennsylvania and the physicians were there and the staff were there and they were laughing and they were sharing stories and creating little gratitude moments, which we'll talk about later and it's really about happiness at work and so bruce woodcock in 2016 university of kent was looking at these different components of happiness at work and one of them is the work environment you know we often think that we have to create our own happiness right so we need to be in charge of what makes us happy and his and and the point that woodcock was making is that if we look around we can actually have happiness at work just with the people around us And so that can really help us address burnout if we have two things, which is relational and environmental um, awareness or resilience. That makes me think of, uh, I feel like we do a lot of talking about like team dynamics and the importance of like good communication. And we had an episode about psychological safety and all of those pieces of building an environment that is grounded in good relationships and that Mm -hmm. people feel like they belong, they're safe to participate and engage, share. So it sounds like that's, that does a lot for burnout potentially and making that a space of joy. 
Yeah, I feel like people forget that you you truly have to make a conscious dishes decision to have a joyful, positive day. And I always, you know, as a clinician leader, I find my people in the break room and it's it's very easy to complain. Do it's easier to jump into a complaining conversation than it is for us to jump into something more happy and uplifting to talk about. And so, you know, I always try to tell them to like reframe the conversation to instead of saying like, ugh, I was stuck late last night to be like, well, no, why don't you talk about I don't have Tuesday, you left early and you immediately started with a negative. So try to like make a concerted effort to to change that narrative. And even to the point of, I put these like silly little signs on our break room tables that were conversation starters. So I was like, talk about the weirdest food you ate as a child or, or talk about something silly to try to like, try to reframe and have these like more fun break room conversations and not let people like slip into that. Like, then my room's running late or, or this happened at work today. Because um, I think that's just human nature. It's like, you know, same thing with gossip. You love to just like jump into the negative and commiserate. Like there's some, you know, there's human bonding and commiserating about negative things. But, you know, we can make that positive concerted effort to change that narrative and, and find this mattering in the workplace. Yeah. And it's really like what you said is taking a moment and not just always focusing on work, there's that moment where you're like, oh, you're a human being and we're two human beings in the same space. So how was your holiday this past week? Or what are you doing for the upcoming holidays? Or, you know, what what moment have you had in your life that's not work-related that you're just connecting and how are you doing? And that's what I usually do. It's everybody that I pass by, how are you doing? How is it going? So on my way to work, as I go up the stairs and there's about four people that I pass to my office, I stop at each one and simply say, hi, how are you doing? And I can't tell you all of the stories they share and I get to know who they are really quickly. And there will be moments that we need to talk about what's happening at work, but it makes such a difference if you feel like you know and, and have a connection with that person. It makes your life and your workspace so much more enjoyable, or at least you feel like you're a human connecting with another human again. And I think that's a lot of what we've lost is that real connection with each other. Yeah, I was reading, I was um, digging in a little bit to the like distinct difference between belonging and mattering. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in my mind, I thought like, well, if you belong, you matter, right? If you feel like you belong, you feel like you matter, but they're actually different things. And a, a way that they're differentiated is exactly what you two are saying, which is like you can feel like you belong in which you're welcomed, you're accepted, you are able to be in the space. But when you feel like you matter, it means that you feel like you're significant to someone or that you're seen. And so the the way to make people feel like they matter is to ask them how they're doing, to know about their lives, to say like, hey, your kid was sick last week. How are they doing? Or, um, you know, some of those those ways that we like meaningfully learn about each other and check in. And that takes it from like, oh, I belong in the break room because I work here to like, no, I matter to other people in the break room. Yeah, and I like that. And that that's a great um, transition to what I saw in 2018. I was attending a conference, the Academy of Communication and Healthcare Conference. And it was Hazlip uh, along with McClooney, um, Quatrara, and Hernandez who talked about the research they did on mattering in the workplace. And as they say, I'm going to quote it directly, feeling that we make a difference in the lives of others and are significant in the world around us. I mean, think about that. Like, we actually matter that we're there, you know? And how often do we forget the people behind us and around us that are trying to make a difference in the work that they're doing too? And what Hazlip et al. found is that 
mattering actually statistically shows to help individuals cope with work-related stress. There's connection, social support, engagement, compassion. Um, it's significant, but we forget about it, right? We, we don't think, oh my gosh, I need to take a moment and acknowledge and recognize the person who's standing right next to me. Hey, how are you doing? Because we're, we're so focused on just getting our work done, heads down and getting out of there but it can actually help you cope and address work-related stress. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. We were talking about a little bit before we started recording the podcast about how, especially in a clinical environment, there's lots of different kind of levels of mattering and how visible it is for some people. So for me as a clinician, and I'm forward-facing with patients every day, I am thanked on a regular basis. Thank you for for the pain medicine. Thank you for getting me off to sleep. And so I do very tangibly have moments every single day where I feel like my work is mattering and I have an important role on a team and in a very critical situation. Um, But I was really excited to explore what that looks like for people that aren't patient-facing and maybe don't have those like very specific moments of mattering at work um, because I have a very specific skill set that is easily thanked. And I think a lot of us in medicine do. Um, But like you said, a lot of people behind the scenes it's so important for their burnout and their contributions to the team to be equally, you know, celebrated and identified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about, I'm not, you know, I'm not patient-facing, I'm not a clinician. Um, and so for me, like big picture, I understand the mission of the department, I understand the importance of the work that we do, and I recognize that, you know, we all have a role in providing support to patients, but it's I'm so so many levels removed from it that I don't get that sort of instant gratification or see the exact moment where like the patient is appreciative or grateful or it was mad it mattered a lot what we did for them um and so I do think that there this level of like looking back and and seeing like no I did I did impact that and that person was thanked and then they turned around and thanked me you know like that sort of rolling gratitude I think is always helpful yeah and that statistic for the front desk staff that I just gave. I mean, think about the person who makes the phone call for all of the healthcare, you know, institution for everybody to to work and how much turnover there is because they're verbally abused, because they're yelled at. I don't know how many of you have noticed, but there are signs now I see all the time and the sign right next to the staff says no yelling, no abuse, you must be courteous. I mean, I'm seeing it over and over again because people are getting so upset. They're the face of medicine, the person who answers the phone, the, the, the person who is filling your prescription um, is, is not the pharmacist. It's the tech who's standing there taking the order and, you know, do they feel like they matter? And they're just as important as everyone else in, in that same office or that same practice. This is so interesting to think about here, especially to place like WashU and BJC and the College of Pharmacy and all these large institutions that they are so large. I mean, there's just so many people and we interact with so many people on a daily basis. And um, I think you really have to make an effort to realize how many people there and how many people play into this huge machine to get where we are today as these prestigious institutions to um, like really think about the so many people working behind the scenes. Yeah. The, the custodial staff, every night when they come by, I stop and I say hi. How are you doing? And so I take a moment and ask them because what they're doing and their cleaning matters. We wouldn't have the same safety standards if we didn't take a moment and make sure that they recognize that they matter just as much as everyone else. Yeah. And it feels like the, with the more we explore mattering, it feels like there is an element of, you know, you can internally feel like you matter, right? And you can feel connected to 
your values and a vision and the, the big mission of an organization. But there is an element of this that feels like mattering takes some external validation. It takes some like someone else acknowledging that you bring value. You, your strengths matter to the team. Without you, the team couldn't do X, Y, Z. And that that external voice is really what helps us recognize like, oh, I, I do add value to this place. Yeah. I think back to the podcast you all did on intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, right? We, there's only so much that we can do. We can be intrinsically motivated and we can keep saying to ourselves, this is important. This work really matters. And we also need to remind ourselves to validate the work of others. And so there's that extrinsic component too that really, as, as Hayslip et al. has pointed out, does make a difference. Yeah. So what can we do? <laughs> so I, I, again, kind of pulling from Hazlip, but also from Buzzanel, uh, talked about communicative construction, uh, a little bit of resilience, um, simple things like um, being appreciated. And so being appreciated um, by saying people, thank you. You know, literally just taking one moment to say thank you for that. It's fascinating. I've seen it when I do these different sessions um, where the person will has actually broken down in tears and said, I had no idea you even recognized I was here. I mean, it's like it's that profound. And the person had just said, thank you. Um, a, a second way for this relational is being depended on, you know? And so there was a quotation. There was a time where I got requested by all my coworkers of one another to help them. Now, I think that's overwhelming. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't, I don't want all my coworkers, you know, asking for my help, but but saying, I know I can do this and I'm going to ask you for, for your help because you bring something, you validate to the team. And being able to say that, I think, really does make a difference too. And then, you know, the other part, the third one is being cared for as a person. And so when you are gone, when you are sick and someone sends an email or sends a card and takes a moment to say, we miss you, Right. So being appreciated, being dependent on, and being cared for as a person are three really great ways to build this relation, excuse me, relational resilience um, and to really help others recognize that they matter. And you said that it takes, it only takes a moment to say thank you. And I'm going to plug our department <laughs> is lucky enough to have Aaron um, working really hard to help us recognize that it maybe even takes, takes two, it takes two minutes or less. <laughs> Uh, to send someone a quick uh, little note of thank you. And she's um, worked alongside some folks in our department to develop that great Take-Two app. Whereas I'm going to toss it to Erin to let her plug her good work. Yeah, well, first of all, I need to say that um, Rachel is also very much involved in this work with me. So please don't give me all the credit. But um, what we have with Take-Two in anesthesiology is a digital gratitude app. So it's an app that we're asking people to take two minutes, but which Rachel told me earlier, it's really like two seconds, um, to just go in and thank someone that you interacted with that day or that is really meaningful to you. Um, and so one of the things that I'm really interested in, um, specifically with this research project, is peer-to-peer um, -peer gratitude. Because I think as someone who is in leadership, a lot of times people on the team um, look for that external validation exclusively from leadership or from their supervisor. And I think that they see that as the role of the supervisor, which it definitely is the role of the supervisor to be, you know, saying thank you to their team for their contributions. But there also is so much research and data on the effects of peer-to-peer -peer gratitude and thanking other people on your team. And I think people need to see themselves in that role of, I can play a very, very strong, meaningful part in someone's day by saying thank you. And we don't have to only look for 
our superior's validation. It's just as powerful, if not more powerful, coming from a peer. Um, and so that's what we're doing with this new app. Um, it's just a quick and easy way for people to pop on. And not only is it not just saying thank you, which is very important, but it's also that extra step of like, you you took the time to log onto the computer to write on exactly what it was. Um, and so, you know, some of the things we're saying are just silly things. Like you did a great job putting in an IV or you did a great job on waking that patient up. Um, also, we're trying to acknowledge people for teaching. You did a really great job teaching today. I really appreciated that because I think that's one of the very underthanked things in our department is like, thank you for taking the time to teach me. Thank you for taking the time to share this knowledge with me. Um, so we're really excited. We've had really good uptake on it before, but this is kind of our first ground step in creating this network of gratitude um, of you can take control of this yourself. You don't have to wait for your boss to say thank you to someone um, that we all like recognition, even if it's for just small. I always tell people just even if you got a bathroom break today. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks for getting me out for lunch. Yeah. And then can confirm, I received a take two and it, I told Aaron it made my whole week. Uh, just a little, like one sentence, like, oh, someone like thought to tell me thanks for something that I didn't really know that they noticed. Yeah. Um, well, I was so, going to say that. this is usually the point where I do a little activity. So I thought we could do that. Yeah. Is there something that you both want to say to each other as sort of a practice of what you appreciate and what you, uh, what matters that the other person's doing? I'll start, Aaron. I, um, at the beginning when we did the activity to close our eyes and think of a person at work, you were the first person to pop to my mind, not just because you're sitting across from me right now. Um, but I, your energy and your um, like drive, I tell people all the time, I don't know how you get as much done as you do. Um, and you're always like very happy about it and very joyful and very positive. And um, that is contagious. I like your extrovert energy, your like uh, ability to just make things happen. Um, I, I really get a lot out of being able to work alongside you. So thank, oh, thank you. you. Well, um, not to sound super cheesy, but I also was uh, picturing Rachel because we just, before we came here, we had a little meeting and I was, yeah, very validated and she's been very helpful and instrumental every week, but especially this week, I have <laughs> relied heavily on Rachel. So yes, very appreciative. And I love this moment where you both are taking just, and I, it was really 10 to 15 yeah. seconds. I was timing it. You know, you can get into the 20 seconds if you want, but it's really saying, I really appreciate your energy or I really appreciate what you do. Thank you for supporting me. And although we may feel uncomfortable at these like cheesy moments, as you're saying, that's the thing that that person's going to still remember as they're driving home later that day. Th despite the difficult patient encounter, despite the person that was yelling at them, everything else to say, I how was your day at work, so-and-so? And then they can say, it was challenging and, or but, this person said something to me that made me realize that I matter. I think it, we're talking about the workplace. My mind also always, when we talk about these topics, goes to like sort of personal sphere and family. And I think mm -hmm. the way that it's like, you were, you do remember it. And when you feel that, you want to share it with someone else. And so I've seen even in my own, like with my kids and my spouse, when we are thanking each other more, everyone starts expressing thank you more. And it becomes this like culture, a little culture in our house of like, oh, thanks for this, mama. Or like, hey, I see you, buddy. Like you picked up your shoes. Like you just start to notice more. And it it does, it, make, it brings that like a little bit more joy to the, the mundane. Well, I think that's an interesting point too, because I sent a take to yesterday to one of my colleagues that we have worked together every single day for 12 plus years. 
And I just sent him one. It was just kind of a general one, like, thanks for all you do. Just, I, I see how much work you put in. And it's interesting to think that, you know, sometimes maybe we probably don't thank the people we work with the most. Like, they know I'm thankful. But, like, they probably do. But it's always good to hear. And I think the same thing happens, like, sometimes at home. Like, I'm sure— that's my husband edits this. I don't say thank you to him as much as I probably <laughs> thank you. should. Thank you for editing the podcast. <laughs> thank you for everything. Um, but I think it's, yeah, it's easier to thank maybe those one-off people at work or people that you, you know, peripherally work with that, yeah, you also remember those people, the everyday folks. Yeah. And well, Rachel, what you're really talking about is how this is an environment and we're changing the culture. And so as we think sort of this relational mattering, it's also the environment And so how can we do this on a larger scale? And there are three suggestions. The first one is it's a combination of reflect, connect, and support. One of the ways I do that are check-ins. So even in the classes that I teach, I say, take a moment, shout out of celebration, shout out of joy. Um, It could also be personal concerns, but take 30 seconds to just tell me where you're at as a human being right now. And it can completely change the dynamic of a room. Um, how often think back to the people who are listening. When you start a meeting, you jump right into the agenda, right? Let's just get it done. And you're looking at your watch or checking out your screen. How long is this going to take versus we're going to take everybody gets 15 to 30 seconds. Where are you at right now? Um, I'm having a great day. I had a difficult day. We just had a birthday celebration with our family. Those stories become part of building those connections with the people around you to demonstrate that you matter because then you can say that's so great that you were able to celebrate that or I'm really sorry to hear that you had a death in your family recently, right? Now, all of a sudden, we begin to recognize that our presence matters. The second one is leadership and role modeling. So I loved how you said that with your family. It's like the kids are picking up, but we can do that at work too. And I noticed just the other day, I started doing all these check-ins I was telling you all about with the people down the hallway. Lo and behold, I started seeing other people are doing it more too. And they're stopping and pausing and checking in with the people. It becomes a cultural norm. You're, you're really resetting the environment. And the last one is um, culture of kindness. And this is also a shout out to Dr. Lorraine Dickey, who recently passed Um, She actually took what they're doing in Australia. They actually have a day of kindness in their healthcare system um, that was started. And she brought that day of kindness to the United States. Um, And so this day of kindness, what are you doing to create a positive team culture? So what does that look like? How can you participate and how can you demonstrate and show kindness to the people around you to further build that resilience and show people that they matter? Yeah, what I really love when I think about this as a clinician is I think it's easier for us as clinicians to thank each other for the physical things that we're doing. Like, thank you for staying late or thank you for turning your room over quickly or thank you for taking great care of that case. But I think what's been so important in situations like this, especially for building team dynamics and building, is, is thanking people for things other than that, like their personal stuff. Like, thank you for the great attitude you bring to work every day. Or thank you for, you know, always being such a great team player or bringing other people along with you. And so I think it's important as clinicians to kind of shift our mindset of like, we are not just clinicians. We're these like whole total human beings um, that want to be thanked and mattered for things other than putting a great airway in. You know, I, I'm I'm more than just a laryngoscope. I'm I'm also, you know, someone who comes to work here as a human being and has other strengths and skills that I bring to the team. Yeah. yeah. I think all of this sort of hits right up against that mindset of like, 
why am I thanking you? Like you're here to, that's your job. You know, like, I think there's, there's some of that that we come into, which like all this touchy feely, like I shouldn't thank you for the baseline thing that you're supposed to be doing. Like just do the job. But if we think big picture about like, we're talking about burnout, we're talking about resilience, we're talking about like culture. These are things that either keep people in a workplace or drive them away. Um, And so I think pushing really hard against the, like, this is a, this is not a hard thing that we're talking about, right? To show gratitude to people and the impact that it can have just feels like very heavy to me right now. Weighty. Yeah, and the research shows, right? The research shows that it, it matters. Mattering matters, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there it is, Rachel. You go, mattering matters, yeah. It all comes full circle. Um, and so my charge to the people listening, this is how I usually um, end my session. This activity is, to do one thing tomorrow to foster a positive environment and relationships to show people that they matter. Um, so in, when I do it in person, I depending on the season, they're creating leaves <laughs> or snowflakes. Um, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, little kids do that, but we're still kids at heart and we like to be near each other, connect with each other. And so how can you take a moment to write, even on an index card, send an email to someone that's beautiful. I'm pointing to air, right? There it is. Yeah, I'm pointing there. Right, so how how can you take a moment to to demonstrate that the people around you matter? And uh, as the research shows, that it really does make a difference. I'm reading um, a really good book right now. It's called Alive at Work. And um, it's kind of talking about the, the neuroscience to get people more engaged and, and feel better at work. But um, one of the things that really struck me that I was reading about was talking about how when you acknowledge someone and it kind of activates your brain and it increases your creativity and it increases your drive to keep innovating because you're getting these like great positive feedbacks and it's like furthering you to want to keep innovating and doing these things. And I think how important that is, especially big research institutions like this, where we're trying to foster innovation and foster research and and make advancements. And by giving people that positive feedback, it's, you know, using their brain to start these seeking cycles and increase their creativity. And I think that's really an exciting, you know, I think when we talk about well-being, when I talk about what I do for a living, people think it's this like woo-woo hippie stuff. And I'm always like keeping driving back. I'm like, no, there's science. There's there's research behind the things we talk about with well-being. Um, and I think that's like a great link is like if you, you want to talk about these cold, hard research, but what really drives research is people's intrinsic need to be creative and innovate and seek out things. And it all comes back to someone has fostered that thought for them and, and you know, yeah. given them that. Yeah, and I think if you were to walk around and just say like, Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, everyone. Like all day, that is kind of woo-woo. But yeah. what we're talking about is like very specific. Like, thank you for mm-hmm. X, Y, Z thing that you do or this contribution you made or the impact you just had here because it does. It fires that, what you're saying in people to like do more of the things that make an impact and the things that like they can get passionate and excited about. Yeah, like you said, attitudes matter. So it's not just the behavior, but it's also the the positive attitude that they bring. And you can see that developmentally in children. You know, when you give them a sense of praise or say, you know, it, it's it's one thing to scold them, right? The punishment, you see a different response than you do rewarding. And so it's almost like that basic sort of reward that we're doing by letting people know that they matter and we appreciate 
them being there. We appreciate what they're doing and it really does make a difference. And I've seen it. I've seen people act differently, respond differently when they know that the work that they do matters. Well, we appreciate you, Nicole, for being with us. Um, Thank you for having me. I feel like uh, you referenced a lot of really, really great work. And so we're going to put that list of um, all of the different articles that you referenced and uh, things with the podcast when we share so that for people who want to explore more, Aaron mentioned a book you could pick up, um, but continue digging into um, Mattering at Work. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. We, we appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I have in- truly enjoyed this time with you all. 